0: This week's Big Boss Babble from Big Boss Battle, also known this week as Toby Time. This week we have Dan. Hello. We have George. Hello. And we have me, Toby.
1: Toby Time. Yes, quite. We should be like a so the
0: there. <laughs> For today, we have on the list, as always, PUBG is massive. It has now hit 1 million concurrent players and there's over 10 million downloads on Steam. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a lot. When will it end? Never, George. It's going to go on forever.
1: It shows that people just never get tired of shooting each other.
0: No, nope, we've done it for 100 years. We're going to keep on doing it.
2: It is just gladiator combat now, isn't it? As as you yes. said a previous week, this is literally building up to the you know, it'll be like 2077, player unknown, Battlegrounds. We are meeting here today, fellow Romans, to watch 100 people beat themselves to death. 99. Well, it hasn't gotten that far, but, um, I mean, it, it does
1: certainly say something about PUBG. It, it, we've talked about this 100 times. We'll talk about it one more time, but um, it definitely does point out the fact that this game probably is heading towards Game of the Year, uh, that this game did capture lightning in a bottle, and it's just... just something about
2: this game i don't know what it is i haven't played it yet obviously i'm behind everybody else i i own it i haven't played it yet i think the secret the secret uh ingredient in the recipe is the quantity of players at the start
0: which is an odd way for a small indie thing to take off but they somehow managed to get a good core base and build on that to this incredible scale
2: I mean, they they got a running start, they had X amount of people that were already involved, uh, already actively playing it, and then, like I said, I think it's the fact that you've got, what is it, 100 players in each match?
0: About that, yeah.
2: Yep, and all of a sudden it whittles all the way down, like, have you guys seen Battle Royale, the Takeshi Kitano film?
0: i've seen everything wrong with it
2: okay yeah yeah yeah. i i don't know about i don't know about that but but basically it starts off and you've got a class full of people or a school year full of people and within about half an hour it's down to people who you weren't expecting uh people who went completely nuts and turned against people they were working with and and the natural born survivors and people you expected to survive uh as well as a few people who had a reputation from previous instances of it. And that's very much what this is. Uh, because there's 100 people going, you really don't know who's going to be kind of sifted out, I suppose, as as the sieve is shaken. And all of a sudden, by the time that you're down to 20 or so people, the the, the pressure has really mounted and alliances have been formed and people are wow. moving around certain areas. And, and it gets tense, I guess. And so it, it must be pretty cool to watch. I mean, I, I hate mentioning it every time we talk about unknown Battlegrounds, but the culling, I really enjoyed following the person who killed me to see how well they did and then to see how well the person who killed them did and kind of watch it up until the end, seeing if I've beaten this person, would I have followed this other person's fate? For me, that was interesting to watch and that was more interesting to watch. Well, that was interesting to watch, basically. I didn't I didn't go, right, I'm dead, skip, back to lobby, find another match. And it seems like it's it's built on that. I, I don't know. Toby is the resident player on Battlegrounds expert, so tell us more.
0: Well, yeah, it is. That's the reason that Stream is there, doing so well. It's a single map. Granted, it's massive. It's like 60 square K or something like that. But it's the same every time. Sure, it may be raining in one or... Sunny another, but you can go somewhere and it's the same as where your streamers go. You can have your own personal strategies. And, oh, if I had dropped at prison instead of hospital, that streamer wouldn't have done as well. And you can, can be part of it through that by knowing the shared map. And that is going to change at some point when they're bringing out new maps, but it's so big but so small at the same time. That
1: and that, map, that... and that, that's one interesting thing to know. I do think they have to tread very carefully from this point forward now with the the additions and the the upgrades and the updates cuz it's going to be very easy to piss off their entire fan base cuz of how much it's built up now you know what i mean i just think it's it's it's, it's good. like if they add a new map it's going to have to they be very careful how they make that map cuz they're going to have to just it's going to it's kind of waiting for a sequel to happen It's like it's never going to live up to the original does that make sense Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it was just...
0: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be... They're going to have to do it carefully. Most of the upgrades have done so far have either just filtered into the natural system or are behind paywalls, which is yeah, an okay way of keeping stuff safe. But a whole new map is going to be... Or a whole new ballpark. They're going to have to... Interesting at the start to try and learn this new map, but are people going to split between the two, in which case you're going to have less lobbies and possibly longer server waits, or... Could be points. random which
2: map you get. I I think something that should be considered is simply making the existing map larger. Ooh, how
0: would you go about doing that, Dan?
2: You you put new stuff on the in edges of it. Which, which doesn't. But doesn't, <laughs> that, doesn't that spread out the players more, and then it's going to make it less exciting? It would, but you could increase the amount of players that are in there. Or what you could do is you could increase the size of the map. You could essentially. Build a a large region and instead it it takes sections of the map for the play area. So you said the current map is 60k, they could make it 120k, but now there's four quadrants almost uh that can be selected from, or the middle, or various others, you know. Uh it the central point could be anywhere that would have enough room on the sides to play. And that would work because then people who love messing around in the school or the prison or the church or the little abandoned town down there or that watery bit near that island will still have that opportunity arise in in certain maps.
1: That's an interesting idea for sure. Yeah, that that would be interesting instead of adding a whole new map, just adding to the existing with new areas. That's definitely interesting for sure.
2: I mean, it. The only reason I think of that is because of Operation Flashpoint, which was never a series that I particularly enjoyed. But the fact that the entire map was just one big map uh, and that you travelled on foot between skirmish to skirmish, that that really was impressive, regardless of how little I enjoyed the game. Uh, and so they could definitely do something like that, just bolt on extra it's an issue that Daisy had, wasn't it? That people wanted more game because people were too familiar with the with the map and so certain areas were no go areas if you were playing with people who have played the game more than a dozen times.
0: Could do something strange like there's been a flood or an earthquake. It's a quite topical but the maps changed. That would actually be interesting.
2: That's a very good point as well. You'd load up the map and rather than it being rainy, it's being this instead and the lowlands are flooded. Pour as uh, lava. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, that'd be good.
2: Well, I, I do want to. I know we usually talk
1: video games, but you know, Dan brought up a. Uh, I think it was a movie a little earlier. There's a movie kind of like that. It's called The Belko Experiment. Any fans of PUBG will love that movie. <laughs> it's about the same kind of thing. People are trapped in a building. They all have to kill each other. It's it's a very dark, but kind of a. It's an interesting movie. Kind of points out what. Things Dan was talking about people's mindsets and things like that. Just wanted to bring that up.
2: Is that the office block one that stars yeah. uh McGinley? It was good. Uh I've forgotten his name. Thingy McGinley. Uh who was in Scrubs. Uh yeah. yeah. He plays one of the jerks in that movie, yes. Yeah, there we are. Well he normally plays a jerk in a movie, to be honest. Or in anything, except for identity. Pretty much most of the stuff he's in, he plays a jerk, so
1: well anyways yeah it's a good movie I think for PUBG players I think they'd like it that's why I wanted to just put that out there
0: (laughs) I'll have to put it on my list looks interesting anyway that's enough from us on PUBG next up we have George talking Warner Bros being Warner Bros
1: yeah okay so I feel like I should tread carefully when talking about um, this subject Uh, there's there's a lot of trick trickiness to this. There's a lot of sides to this, but let's just... Let's, I'm sure we've all heard about this here. I, I'm, we're all in the gaming world. But it's about the uh, the DLC with the Fort Hogs Orc Slayer DLC, which was to commemorate and uh, kind of have money donated to a developer who worked on the game. We worked for the company for a long time. He passed away. Uh, so from what I understand, the developer made this to kind of honor him, and then Warner Brothers slapped five bucks on it, and this is when this entire, for lack of a better term, you know, crap slide started. (laughs) And, um, I mean, it's, you guys have heard about it, right? I mean, come on.
2: I believe now they have clarified that they're not going to earn a penny from any of the international sales on it as well, but... uh...
1: that that's the question now. I heard about the same thing. Where is the money going? Because they haven't clarified that either. They're like, oh, we're not making a penny off of it. But then you, they're not. There's no internationally. The money's not going to the family because it's just it's not. Uh, in certain states in the United States, if you if you read the fine print under the entire little advertisement, it's not going to the family. So where is it going? And the question, and WB has been extremely just stupid in the way that they've been kind of communicating. They're just not being very clear. And it's something shady is going on, without a shadow of a doubt. Something, well, yeah. without a shadow, shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Anyways, pun aside, but something weird's going on.
0: Yeah, they really need to sit down with Polygon or Kotaku or PC Game and just get right, this is what's happening. This is what the thing is this is what's happening, full stop. No trickery, just get this out, or else they're going to... They've already been through a bit of shit press already, and it's not going to stop for them right now. This is a very sensitive topic that they've just slapped around. And, yeah, not and going I mean... to get any easy.
1: It's not like there hasn't... You know, it's not like there hasn't been commemorations in games before, but it's just the way they handled it that just... It kind of makes you just want to slap them. You know... <sighs> Charging five bucks for it, I mean, the family already had somewhat of like, I think it was like a GoFundMe or something to that effect that you could just directly donate to. There's a lot of things that just kind of just don't add up here as far as what what were they thinking, and it's just so strange.
2: (laughs) It's definitely an odd topic, and it's one that's got harder to talk about as time has passed, Uh, but I think... I don't know, the clarification that they're not receiving money has made it a very odd talking point. Whereas beforehand, when it was first stated that it would only apply in, in certain regions, you know, they they it was definitely a, a black and white case of what's going on here. But now this grey area has completely in, encapsulated this whole thing and I don't really know what to say other than they need to speak to their You know, legal team about finding a way to better explain what is going to happen with this because there is so much confusion and there really shouldn't be in any case, especially in cases where it's you know we're talking about something that's meant to be a tribute to somebody's fat, well, to to somebody who died. Exactly, and I think that's kind of my.
1: I'm very much, if I had to take a side, I'd say my side is this: that um, this should have never happened. I don't think. They should have ever slapped a price on this thing. Even if their intentions were good, there was going to be questions. There was going to be some some. There was there was going to be issues that come up that they had to have known about. They're a huge corporation. They know how to sell a product. They know that internationally, hey, the money's not going to go to them. So this might not look good on us. So my my opinion is um, is simply this: they should have just not ever. They should have made the commemoration let it be a free old DLC, and then send something to the effect that for every download it gets, they will donate $5 directly to the family through their GoFundMe or, you know, personally as a check, whatever. But they should have never... No one's memory should be sold. That's ridiculous. And that's, that's just my stance on it.
2: I agree, although I do know... Mm, uh, it's not one as well, because they really should have just if they wanted to <laughs> it's, it's tricky yeah it's it's tricky because they've made a tribute to their character in the game and that happens all the time you know uh and it's not even a case of should it have been dlc gated or should it have been you know you have to download this oh by the way it's a tribute to one of our people it should have just been in there anyway this is just the problem right. with dlc in general with stuff made pre-launch i mean if this was just included in the game and people like hey easter egg this character is based off of one of our one of our staff who sadly unfortunately died you know then this and that and that but because it became about donating money to the family and then it became gated and then it became regionally gated it's just become a big palaver when really what they could have done if they wanted to to show respect to him they could have just included it in there you know they didn't have to give any money to the family that n- not sounding ice cold here but you know they they didn't have to give any money to the family but by price gating it They now have to give money to the family and then it's been regionally gated and it's just become a big mess. Previously, that character would have just been in there as an Easter egg and, you know, if they felt that compassionate about losing a member of their team and somebody losing a member of their family, they could have just donated a bunch of money, you know.
0: Have a donate button. Simple.
2: Yeah, if if even that, you know, not saying that the family shouldn't, you know, you know, get money, I guess, as a... As a thing, I'm just I'm just saying that previously a developer would have been referenced in the in the code or referenced in the game, and there never would have been a kind of like, oh, by the way, the proceeds from this are going to this and this and this. But yeah,
1: it just it turned uh, it turned something sad into more of a mess, and they it, it, it's like it crossed the line into what what is this marketing? What's going on here? And then ultimately I I kind of I I feel bad for the family. I mean they already have so much to deal with. Have, I hope to God they didn't have to deal with any of this because that would just make it far worse.
0: Yeah, seeing this in the news would be yeah.
1: But I, I think that's kind of it as far as that subject goes. It's it's a heavy subject, but uh, I do I felt it important to bring up because uh WB is a Uh, How can I put this in a PG term? A a piece of... What's the other word
2: for that? Um, Turd. Turd? Is turd safe to say? Is turd safe to say? That's not going to get cut on the... Yeah, that doesn't get cut, if that's what you're asking. Okay, yeah. Warner Brothers were very quick uh, while I was working in retail. I'll I'll quickly sum up uh, my point on this, actually. But yeah, uh, while I was working in retail, Warner Brothers were very, very quick to hop on to any of the ideas that EA... We're putting out there when EA were busy being the, you know, the the worst company in the world with things like online passes and single use codes for activation to try and stop pre-owned stuff. Warner Brothers were very, very quick to hop onto that. And that's something I always remember and something I, you know, always noticed that Warner Brothers may not ever pioneer things like this, but they were always very quick to adopt things that would save or earn the money and that's how I've always seen Warner Brothers. Now, whether that's because they've come from a different background before moving over into gaming where everybody's very opinionated and, you know, we all have our own opinion about how these things should work. But uh that's something I've always noticed about them. And while I'd never probably call them a, a bad name, I'd I'd certainly say that they are definitely they definitely do seem to have their money on the oh, sorry, their eyes on the money. Turd Turd <laughs>
1: I'm highly opinionated, I'm sorry, I think they're a turd.
0: Oh, that's fine enough for you. Anyway, so that was George talking about Warner Bros donating money from its DLC. Next up we have Dan the Man talking about War of the Chosen.
2: So this was really just going to be a kind of ramble at the start, but I might as well talk about it a bit now. I am really impressed with XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. I've been sneakily playing a mission here or there that then became a kind of like accidentally staying up far too late playing a, a dozen or so missions that I really should have been going to bed instead of doing. And the game is very much a, uh old-style expansion. It, it could have launched as its own game, and it adds so much more to the mix that it almost should have without sounding a bit funny the the whole mission structure from XCOM 2 has changed in that it's almost more linear now because there's so much more going on because you've got the chosen working against you you've got free factions you're trying to appease you've got the actual uh kind of complete the mission or complete the game by trying to stop this project from taking place you've got player uh, you've got characters who need to rest between missions you've got characters that have got Deep friendships with people that give them major bonuses, but then if someone dies, then they go into a panic and a flurry. You've got new enemies that just completely shake and change everything up and damage everybody just with some strange group attack. And so all of a sudden your core team is either tired or white you know, or resting or recovering. So all of a sudden, I found myself kind of using 20 or so people rather than the kind of 8 or 10 that I used for the duration of XCOM or XCOM 2. And it's just a really, really solid and impressive expansion pack for the game. Uh, that's before we even get on to things like the propaganda stuff, the picture taking that you can do and, and bits and bobs like that.
1: I heard uh, stealth became a major aspect, especially in
2: this uh, expansion as well. Stealth uh, is useful again. I mean, stealth was the reason I actually stopped playing XCOM 2 because you start a lot of the missions in a kind of stealth phase where everybody's concealed. And on one of the missions, uh, which was a big important mission where you had to sneak into a base and take out a certain objective and, you know, that helped your progress in the core game, I managed to sneak all of my six people around the side of this big facility so that they were literally a wall... Away from the objective, without alerting anybody, and the game wasn't designed to allow that, so all of the enemy uh groups slowly, for no real reason, gravitated towards me, and so it reached a point where, after a very delicate, long kind of twenty turn twenty five turn thing that should have really been about eight turns after that, I had a whole bunch of enemies that were literally on the other side of a wall from me, and there was no way to take out the objective, so I literally Tried it, fouled, save scummed because I was like, no, this game should allow stealth. It's, it's told me stealth is good, stealth is great, stealth gives you an advantage. And I save scummed and save scummed and I shelved the game. Uh, and that was probably a month or so after it came out. And it took me months and months to go back to that game, to load that save and say, you know what, I don't remember any of these people now, so screw it. If four of them die or five of them die... I don't care. I just want to get back on with this game and get back to enjoying it. And so stealth was fundamentally flawed in the first one, whereas now there are a lot of new abilities and there's a character type as well, a new class, one of the new factions that work with you that are based around stealth. So yeah, stealth definitely has some some tweaks, but I don't know if the same issues occur as I had before uh, because I changed my playstyle, unfortunately you just
1: went like all guns it's just explosions
2: yeah pretty much so i just get everybody forward as fast as possible now i just pretend that there's a big timer on the mission and as soon as we do trigger someone then we just have to react to that whereas beforehand i was trying to get halfway across the map before i before i triggered an alert but by having a decent selection of people on your team or a decent variety and there's also been some tweaks to uh to War of the Chosen where you can get extra abilities for people on your team. So you might have a specialist who normally just heals people and you've picked all of their abilities just to focus on healing. But there's a screen where you can train them on additional abilities and some of the ones that it picks, which it does kind of randomly, could then repurpose the character so that they kind of double as an assault while also a medic. So with that variety and the three new, the three new factions, there's... There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of ways to, I suppose, control the battlefield, whereas it didn't feel like that in XCOM 2.
1: So, I have two questions.
2: Uh, one, um, did you encounter any bugs? No. I had, I, had some, I had some issues where I would perform a move, and the game obviously didn't think I was going to do that. So the character would kind of run forward and the game would go, oh, no, what am I going to do now? And it would just kind of lock and sit there, and all of the other characters and the enemies would just be, you know, twitching and checking their shoes, are still tied up and itching their head. But after about twenty, twenty-five seconds, it would just resume and carry on. But in general, all of the errors, which that was one of, and all of the bugs from when the game first launched, have minimised. I mean, the loading times are a lot better. There's no crazy physics. I've not had I've not had somebody fall through. I've not had the floor blown out from somebody, and rather than them falling, they've hovered in midair, or I've <laughs> not I've not had somebody blown up, and they've ended up kind of three stories up in the air, you know, still standing, able to get these amazing downward shots on people. I've not had any of that, uh, thus far at least. What was the second question?
1: Well, my second question is: Will we? It's a uh, it's obvious plug here, but will we be seeing a possible review on bigbossbattle.com oh goodness
2: Uh, I, i (laughs) i i don't know how i'd write a review on this because i'm i'm really weird when i play these games like i take them very seriously like every turn can take 10 or 15 minutes i play it like a war game and so i've been i've got a few people that i kind of talk to on twitter occasionally and a few people that i follow on twitter and they're having these god-awful experiences of it and they're loving it you know, and they're, they're like, I'm 30 or 35 recruits through. I don't have any money left because I've had to hire all of these recruits. I'm scavenging around. I'm an inch from death. You know, I'm an inch from losing this this game. And then there's me. I've been playing it very slowly and steadily for about 12 hours. I'm at about the same point that they're at after about six hours, and I've not lost anybody, but the game is still really tense. And so. There's, there were some strange tricks that were apparently employed in the first issuing, I suppose, of XCOM 2, wherein there's this bar that fills up the Avatar project, and apparently when it gets full, it just clears down or something, I've read. I've seen a couple of kind of write-ups on the game, and they were saying that the bar fills up, but actually, oh, it's it's just to alert you and worry you. I've not had that happen. If, if it ever reaches a point where I've had two or three wipes of my team, which I've not actually had, I'd probably just go, I don't think there's a way to bring this back. I'm going to start from scratch rather than continue into my death. And on my current playthrough, I've not actually had any deaths other than the random expendable people that are just thrown at you and given at you if you've uh, taken over certain areas. So I think I'm probably a terrible person to review this game because I play it completely wrong. Well, I, I
1: mean, everybody plays a game differently. I mean,
2: it's, you know, your opinion's
1: your opinion. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, Dan. <laughs> But fair enough, fair enough. Uh, obviously, I, I, it, it, XCOM 2, I regrettably say that it was on my list of games to buy this t- sometime this year. I have not done it yet. Please don't beat me. Uh, but from the sounds of it, it sounds very exciting. And I, I loved XCOM, uh, and also the expansion XCOM, but I've yet to play the new one yet.
2: Much like Enemy Within completely changed, uh, Enemy Unknown, this has completely changed it. This could have really have been a standalone game, if I'm brutally honest and like I said the, the whole the whole pace of it is completely different like XCOM 2 I felt like I was deep-ended I started I had a tutorial mission then it did then it gave me a mission to try and advance a story and then I had to kind of muddle through researching this or doing that or doing this and then it was like oh and here's a story mission by the way but in War of the Chosen I've probably done somewhere in the region of about 16-17 missions and I've still not Skulljacked anyone, which is when you kind of jab them with something and hack into their mind. Thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) Which is is really kind of early on in the general kind of structure of the, the, the kind of linear thread that runs all the way through the game. But I haven't done that because I've been busy trying to clear out the Chosen. And I guess because I've really been playing the game very, very reactionary. Whereas with the original XCOM, you you had to be proactive. You had to go, right, okay, we're going to have to get new weapons. We're going to have to get new armor, do this and that. Whereas everything that's happened to me in War of the Chosen, it feels like I'm making the best out of a bad situation. Whereas with the other ones, I was trying to make, I was trying to take a bad situation and make it good. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess it's life lemonade or, by the way, you're stuck in a mine filled with lemons. No, that doesn't work. I don't know. But but yeah, <laughs> so XCOM and XCOM 2 very much felt like you were deep ended. You were up against the odds, uh, whereas War of the Chosen feels like obviously you're up against the odds, but it feels like you're having to struggle to survive and you're getting better through surviving whereas the rest felt like you had to get better in order to win. In this, it feels like I'm getting better because I'm managing to stay alive. And obviously, as I said, I'm doing that quite well because I'm doing it very carefully and slowly and because I overthink these bloody games. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Stuck in a mine full of lemons. Very interesting. <laughs> That's the name lemon's like in the wall.
2: Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to dig them out. That's the name of my autobiography, by the way. It's available. Uh,
0: oh, I want to. I, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'll check this out. All right, that was Dan talking about XCON 2: War of the Chosen. Next up, we have George again talking about LA Noir coming back. Ooh, exciting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exciting! D- oh, don't start yet, Dan. Come on. There's a lot of fans of this game. Let's let's go back. What I forget? What year came out? L.A. noir, very exciting time, some new technology, had people, you know, really good facial animations for its time anyways. I mean, well, actually, if you look at it now, it's still really good facial animations, but it's coming back. It's coming to HTC Vive. It's coming to modern consoles. It's coming to the Switch. There seems to be some sort of revival going on, and it kind of came out of nowhere. It's coming out of the blue. And, hey, if that happens, maybe, just maybe. They're thinking about a sequel. I mean, technology's probably gotten cheaper by now. It's probably easier to make for sure. And now you can go ahead and get and go ahead and give me your. uh Dan.
2: Okay, so La Noire was a uh, two thousand and eleven. Actually, to answer your question about when it came out. Thank you. Uh, but La Noire was a really, really good example of how to use technology in games but the story was a really bad noir story. I'm not going to go into spoilers and stuff, but it was just, you know, it had a really bad main character and it felt like about 30% of the game got cut out about 60% of the way through. Anyone who played the game will know exactly what I mean by that. And also anybody who, you know, used to watch a lot of film noir films, whether they had to do it because of parents or because they studied it at college. Yay. Uh, they will know that the character also played out backwards. But the technology was brilliant and there were a couple of interesting characters in there and it was a really... Well, put simply, it's a memorable game. You know, we could have four or five days before the game was suddenly brought back to life like this, we could have had exactly the same conversation that I'm trying to have now about it, which generally means that it stuck around and it it did a good job at something
1: Exactly. And, and, that, and that's the thing to me is that, okay, yes, the story wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Scorsese film. It was you know, top of the line writing. It's not the most greatest example of perhaps what a, a noir film story should be. But it does seem to have some sort of a cult following that's kind of been building and building. People keep looking back on it now and they're like, you know what, this wasn't as bad as we we've made it out to be. And now it's kind of getting this following. I, at least I feel it feel like it's kinda of getting this following. And it's making a comeback. I don't you know, period. In, I think it's making a comeback. And to me personally, I enjoyed the game. I think Cole Phelps was a bit of a was a jerk as a main character. That's without a doubt. Sometimes I would openly laugh at his reactions to other people. I think the guy would just go from like zero to
2: a hundred in about point five seconds. But I'm happy about this. I, I think that zero to 100 thing was a problem with the change that they made at the last minute because there were three options, weren't there? There was. Yeah, either truth, doubt, or he's lying. Truth, doubt, yeah, or lie. And doubt was called accuse up until Finish. like six weeks before it came out. And oh, really? Sense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like if you hit doubt, he'd go like well, I think you're lying because no, 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 Oh, my uh, God, that makes so much more sense. And it, it, he, goes, he goes full on. Like, you're like, hmm, I don't know, I doubt this guy. I don't think that he did park there at 6 p.m. And Phelps goes, like, kicks over the table, punches the guy's face in. And oh, my like, God, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know that until about halfway through playing the game, at which point, you know, my kind of – I. Why did they change that? That makes more sense now than ever. I think it was a I think it was a translation thing, but I don't know why because this was developed in Australia uh, by Team Bondi as, <clears throat> as I recall. And so really the definition wouldn't have needed to change from Australian to English to American. But yeah, I don't know. But knowing that, I went back through the game and I quite enjoyed it and I was happy with the kind of amount of options that i was getting correct but the game really made me feel like i wanted to kind of 100 percent ace crack open every case and because that rhymed and because of the way that the the doubt or the accuse didn't work i i was left thoroughly confused by the uh the first couple of cases and so you know i think i finished the rest of that game on a on a guide
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I finished that game on a guide too, because there was a lot of jumps to conclusion that you're like, how would I have ever guessed that? But yeah, that game was re-
2: kind of near the end there was a little ridiculously hard. But that's a problem with the game really, isn't it then? I mean, if we're saying like, yeah, we finished yes, this guide.
1: But I mean, at the same time, I still enjoyed myself. I Even mean, if it was still hard, the the overall premise, the overall design, the overall... Even the in between moments, like the action, and well, maybe not the driving parts because the driving was kind of awful at times. But it, I don't know why. It, it's kind of like I, I had fond memories of the game, even despite some of the drawbacks. And I, I think I'm I'm excited for a sequel. I think there's so much they can do with this kind of a genre. I think noir films and, and noir style has not been explored in gaming enough. Uh, I think it definitely needs to. I, I want a sequel. Period.
2: End. I, I want a sequel as well but I want that sequel to feel like Shenmue or Yakuza I want that game I want it to be in a a big city like LA Noir was I want there to be a lot going on that you have to investigate like LA Noir had but I want it to to switch from combat and incident to investigation and silliness that's that's what I want you know you want silliness? It, I think silliness has to be in there.
1: No, it's a noir game. You don't have silliness. You have jazz and darkness and sad and rain and, you know, smoking and
2: Yeah, and but next, next to none of that was actually in L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir, like I said, was a really pretty weak, no offense to the developers behind it, but it was a pretty weak noir entity, you know. Uh, Terry has, who is you know, here in spirit has communicated to me through the ether and he says that Discord Noir disagrees with you. And I'm going to I'm going to take that as an agreement with me and a disagreement with George, although it was probably meant the other way round. But Discord Noir had some comedy in it. Although it had everything else that Noir did. Actually that's a disagreement with me saying that games can't do noir. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but Noir is a is a anti-hero story right and cole phelps was an anti-hero but we only found that out at the end of the game that game should have played the other way round oh yeah i agree with that you know we should have known uh crazy maniac is running around doing stuff because you dicked him over while you were being a busy being a coward in you know during the war
0: right right. they're
2: they're meant to hate themselves they're meant to get something good come their way and mess it up you know they're, they're meant to to look joy and escape from this horrible life that they're forced themselves to, to live in the face and say you know what i think i need to be beaten up a couple more times they're meant to make wise guy remarks to tough people that can easily beat them up knowing that it's going to get them punched in the face and then they're meant to wake up you know with a, a couple of empty whiskey bottles around them and say oh well another day let's do it differently today and, and and I take back everything I said a minute ago. Games can do that because games already have to revive after a terrible incident. You know, games just need to find out a way to deliver that narrative. And I don't think that LA Noir, while it was a very good example of a game that used a whole bunch of new mechanics and technology to do stuff, I don't think it embraced that noir argument.
1: Well, uh, first off, we're going to have to question if Dan is a robot. Uh, secondly, <laughs> um, I don't know who Terry the spirit of Terry is supporting, but um, you're wrong, Dan. everything you just said was wrong and uh, <laughs> uh i I think there was a lot of unique things that LA Devoir did i think there's a i think I love going through the departments, getting new partners um but you know the the story had issues, no story is perfect. But I think I still think they did something kind of interesting there. I think there was some uniqueness to it all.
2: It was inside out, George. The whole game was inside out. Like I keep saying that <sighs> if, you, if you played it backwards, then it would have been great. But also, if you played as all of the partners one by one, it would have been great as well. Like, oh, now I'm stuck. Now I'm playing this guy who's stuck with Cole Phelps. That would have been so cool. Imagine playing as the corrupt guy that looked like Robbie Williams. That would have been cool, and then you frame Phelps, and then Phelps winds up with the super cool fire guy that used to be on Bungo. You know, that would have been cool.
1: Uh, I, I, I like. Maybe I'm biased because I like the guy who played Cole Phelps. I watched him on Mad Men. I love that guy. Uh, but I will always, I will always love Phelps because his rage, his utter rage in his heart that he had towards everybody. <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not logical. It doesn't have to be. It's my opinion. I love that man. He was insane. I, I,
2: I, I think I think you're you're loving one of the worst things about that game.
1: <laughs> Maybe. You're probably right, but I choose to stand
0: on this
2: side, nonetheless. <laughs> Fine, line in the sand. I really get this
0: game at some point.
2: Have you not played it? Nope. You're meant to be the voice of reason here. You're meant to side with me <laughs> and make George look like a buffoon. <laughs> Which isn't hard, really, in this case. Yes. I don't know. I'm just really
0: interested in this game now from what you guys have talked about it.
2: It's, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. You should give it a go.
0: Well, We can come back to this topic in a few weeks' time.
2: When the sequel comes out, Dan. No. <laughs> I hope that the sequel will have such iconic lines in it as play it again, Sam. And frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And I'd like to report a murder, my own and all sorts of other classic, classic <laughs> film noir sequences. Because like I said, I feel that the game was missing that. You know, I think that it was just a game in the right era, but set the wrong way or written the wrong way or whatever. I don't know. It, either way, the game was memorable and I can talk about it for days. And that's a good thing for LA noir. It shows that it impacted people, which which underlines why it's getting a Switch version and why it's getting redone, I suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, and it should be mentioned that some of the uh, the console releases, I'm not sure about the HTC Vive one, are getting additional content. I'm not exactly 100% sure what they all are, but it's an interesting thing that they're
2: even kind of adding to it as well. Hopefully it's the section that was cut out, because originally there was going to be a section between, I think it was because you work with Roy, who's the guy who I mentioned who looked a bit like Robbie Williams, uh, who frames Phelps, and then right. he winds up on uh, on Fraud, which is the fire investigation team at the end. Right. Or oh, no, he ends up on fire investigation. There is a Fraud team, and there was a whole kind of four or five story missions that were scripted where he was working with them, but they got cut at, the, at some point in production. But apparently they were fully, you know, scripted, and I think they were even voiced and recorded, so... It'd be cool okay. if it, it cool if it was them because it really did feel like a big jump when it shifted from whatever it was after driving to vice. I, I just
1: miss
2: I just miss putting a uh,
1: housewives on blast and just yelling at them and flipping tables over and just
2: accusing them of nonsense <laughs> while thinking you were just simply doubting them.
1: Right, <laughs> which is the greatest revelation I think I've had from this that it was completely different. That makes so much more sense now.
2: I mean like I said, if I, if I'd known that at the time, I'd have been, you know, completely over the moon and I probably wouldn't have even, you know, borrowed that guide off my cousin or my mate or whoever, you know, but there's a problem with guides and it's the same as cheat codes. And it's the second you've done it, it's almost bloody impossible to not go back to, you know, it's almost impossible to go back to the way you were before. And I suppose that kind of ruined it for me that I all of a sudden was going over this map with a fine tooth cone to try, to try and find every one of the little hunt down this person chase him down an alleyway silliness.
0: Anyway, that was George, and well, Dan, doubting that, actually, maybe he's a robot, talking about L.A. Noir, possibly making a comeback, whatever that was. Next up, we have me, because it's Toby time, talking about Publisher of God. Next up, we have new-released Fight of Gods game, which has been banned in Malaysia because you can have Jesus beat up Muhammad. It's Number good. one.
2: It's, is... it's Buddha, not Muhammad, isn't it? <laughs> it? doesn't matter. It's a hilarious sentence either way. Yeah, no, I don't think you can have. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Oh, we should put a trigger warning here. Well, it's a, oh. it's a hot topic for a reason, isn't it? This is your topic, isn't it, Toby? Yeah, yeah Toby. It's not be. It's not good being able to deck other religious icons because yeah. then religious people don't like that, which makes some degree of sense. Considering I mean, that yeah. most religions are based around avoiding iconography and avoiding conflict as well, but and definitely not about you know this and that. Now rapport. I'm a little confused about the story. Did they ban the game or did they ban Steam altogether? They. They couldn't ban the game, so they banned Steam until the game's been removed from Steam. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't don't mess with Buddha, huh? There you go. <laughs> well, you shouldn't mess with Buddha anyway. The whole point of Buddha is that you're... But no, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> what? <laughs> Finish that sentence, please. <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole point of Buddha is that you don't mess with him, because it's about living a good life. The same as uh, yeah. Jesus and you know... Various other psycho oh, I, you know. I thought
1: you were talking about his skill set in the game, like he was
2: an excellent fighter or something. Oh, I, I, <laughs> he may well be. Yeah, I have no idea. But, he OP. But honestly, you're, yeah, you're on dangerous territory when you're publishing anything like that. It it takes a, a lot of stones and a lot of money in order to take somebody who's representative of a religion that includes millions and millions of followers. Absolutely is this an original idea? Has no one ever done this before? Uh, I've played Fist of Jesus, uh, which was a side-on fighting game where you play (laughs) Jesus and beat up a bunch of people. And that was quite good, actually. But I I think the Christian religion, uh, or sorry, the the Western world, which is regularly seen as the Christian religion, or the Protestant side or whatever, is more than happy to turn on itself and have Jesus beating up a cow or whatever in a game. But... uh, (laughs) other religions are slightly slightly more i won't say uptight but yeah
1: i I mean i i what i what i kind of love about this the fact that toby has this on the list is the ridiculousness of this conversation already is that i mean yeah on one part you have to obviously respect people's religion but i mean on on another part it's you knew that what they were doing they knew that they had to have known they were just going to piss some people off
2: i i know i agree completely george you are in danger of annoying a whole bunch of people by doing stuff like that and it's that's really just a part of modern society and modern commentary in that you have a choice you can annoy one billion people in the world or you can say maybe maybe i should just you know Make it so that this is a game about goats beating up kittens, because everybody loves kittens. So actually, that'll probably have a much better reaction than a game about religious icons beating up one another.
0: What about religious icons beating up kittens?
2: I play it. <laughs>
0: You're a sick hey. man. You're
2: a sick, sick man. <laughs> but no, you... <laughs> there's there's multiple sides to this discussion that we could talk on, I suppose, and. We all know that the con the content of the game was obviously going to attract some sort of scandal. You know whether that would then benefit the game by selling more versions because low, high. You know, I'm I'm going to play as Jesus beating up an alternate skin of Jesus. You know, or whatever. (laughs) But there's also the other side in that an entire country has banned the biggest PC game digital distributor because of one game on this platform. And that that's...
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: That, that's that's um, a big talking point.
0: From reports, they didn't ban Steam. You could still play any games you had and so cool. forth. You banned the Steam store, just to clarify that.
2: Does that include the client as well? I suppose it would. I just did. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, so. Quick Google
1: search, and that's uh, according to google there's 31 million people in malaysia so that's that's quite a quite quite a number of customers
2: yes that's
1: 31 player on own battlegrounds yeah. so <laughs> no, the same you, time what is the solution to this because i mean now we have the entire question of freedom of speech versus yes I mean, what what do we, i mean, what stance do you take on this is it, is it offensive is it not
2: offensive is it
0: is it a joke well, does well, malaysia have freedom of speech in this way i
2: mean do freedom, they have an
0: exception for religious talk or
2: freedom of speech is a very odd thing and i mean over that way anyway towards indonesia i know obviously malaysia doesn't technically count as indonesia but th- that's a big hotbed of religious conflict at the moment but uh but freedom of speech is an odd thing anyway because that's only permission to to actually say it you know in the same way that you know people are permitted to kick the hell out of you because you said something that offended them you know free- I could say freedom of speech as I'm being stabbed to death because I called everyone a complete and utter <laughs> rude word, you know, but I'm still dead, put simply, and yeah okay they they're gonna get uh, how how you know what was it they said in Bill and Ted was it be excellent to one another? Yes, that's much better than than freedom of speech. Yeah, and
1: I just have to say, this is a very dark episode of Big Boss Battle. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, it it's, well, you know, and let's be honest here, this isn't exactly anything new. Uh, I mean, uh, Australia has had so many, how many conniptions have they had over digital content? They've sued Steam at some point in time.
0: Oh, we've had a lot. Well,
1: well, oh, exactly. There's just, uh, no offense to any Australians, you know, but it just seems like, censorship seems to always win in this case and they'll probably just ban the game in that part of the, of the store for that country
2: and they'll call it a day what's funny of course is that in australia at least by the stereotype you insult your mates as much as we do down here london way you know where you go you're right prick how's it going etc you know when we we meet our meet meet our mates and we're much more willing to insult a friend than we are a stranger uh, down this way so it just seems odd that freedom of speech or or content or context i suppose is such a such a conflicting thing it's an odd topic
1: who's the lineup of fighters in that game by the way i want to know what other religions they insulted
2: <laughs> i don't mean anyone's looked it's just going to be a kitten and a goat in it <laughs> i should have written the, the game i'd be i'd be a millionaire by now Oh, yeah.
1: oh no. yeah, for the record, I don't think this we're gonna cover this on the website, are we?
2: <laughs> no. Doesn't seem to say. I
1: just thought that no, just straight up no.
0: Zeus and Odin are in there. So we've got Greece and Norse That's bumped cool. in.
1: Hey, why haven't they put like Christianity in Smite yet? Well
0: what superpowers wouldn't Because Jesus the have? Norse
2: religion, much like Various other religions, I'm not going to say like Zoroasterism, but various other religions have kind of been beaten into the ground and there's so few people believing in them now, but they're considered a kind of historic lull. Look at what the the silly little locals used to believe in, a bit like paganism. So they're not really treated as religions anymore. Uh, Maybe in 2000 years' time, uh, if everybody's moved on from Christianity or abandon Christianity or all the Christians were killed or however you want to word that, you know, <laughs> then yeah, maybe, you know, Jesus will be a character in the game and nobody will complain because all the people who care will be, will be, will be dead and everybody else will be damned depending on your religious beliefs. <laughs> Just imagine how fun it would be. Like yeah, Holy Spirit's on the right lane. Middle lane is Mary Magdalene. <laughs> <laughs> You're making a moat. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so great. Come on.
0: Isn't Hinduism in Smite? I'm not sure if that's the... Is it Hinduism? The
2: religion? P- possibly. Have, you mean? No you mean Vishnu and...
0: Yes, possibly. <laughs> Isn't that in Smite? They had a I... big thing about someone was dressed too sexily.
2: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> anyway, we've, we've gone too to heap.
1: No yeah, time. We've gone too far. <laughs> let, let me just say that we apologise yes. if we offended anybody or any religions. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: As I think I've been yeah. fairly clear so far, I hope so. I'm sorry if I've offended anybody, including you, Nan. Sorry, Nan. Uh, I've just read on a terrible website that I'm not going to name, uh, the Daily Mail, that Jesus' <laughs> brawl begins with him snapping himself free from the cross and then uses parts of the cross that was used to, you know, kill him, I suppose, as a club to beat people to death. And that's also pretty contentious, I would say, you know, I know that the the argument's gone for the other contender, but yeah, so I mean they they weren't being uh considerate, I suppose <laughs> yeah the uh the the fatality is he takes the spear of longinus
1: out of him and then he pills you with it so. God,
0: <laughs> drink this wine
1: all right we gotta uh, let's move on. we gotta get out of the subject
2: for we're
1: banned or something,
2: Yeah. <laughs> big boss. Battle Big Boss Babble no longer available in Malaysia.
1: Oh no!
0: <laughs> or anywhere else.
1: 31 million listeners, gone!
0: Anyway, next we have George talking about is Steam too sexy?
1: Yes, it's going to be everyone's, it's going to be a, a fun subject with here, this one, guys. Uh, we're, we're talking about sexy stuff, and uh, man, it's going to be a controversial episode. Okay, um, so. My question was, does Steam have a sexy problem? And the, this all originates from a couple stories. Uh, one was a couple months back with uh, a game that released. We've probably all heard about it. It's called House Party. Uh, that game features just really... It, it disguises itself kind of as a social simulator. I don't know what the hell you want to call it. But there is certain activities that can occur in this game. That, um, you know, are rather adults. So there was a kerfuffle there for a while. They had to pull it down because it got popular. And then they had to slap a sensor mod on it, and then it got back up to the store. Flash forward a couple earlier this week, and it happened again. This time the game was called, let me see what it was called, Strangers in a
2: Strange Land. Same thing occurred. That's a really good name. I just want to put out that that's a really, really good name. Strangers in the Strange Land is a really good name. I don't care what it's about, but that's a really good name. Well, let me tell you what it's about, Dan. It's about a.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes, just scream that in the middle of my sentence. Thank you.
0: I want a soundbite to that for my phone.
1: Okay, it's about a young man who moves to his mysterious town that apparently has a cult in it where the only way that they can get the spell to be cast is by doing adult things. It's a stupid game. It's really just it even looks awful. But it came up again because you know, Steam doesn't seem to be self aware, or Valve I should say, doesn't seem to be self-aware. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But yeah, I mean it you literally It's about going around and, for lack of a better term, boning, and then following the story along. Um, And then, of course, what happened? It got popular. People started complaining about it. People started pointing fingers at it. Steam had to do the exact same show and dance. They pulled it down, slapped a sensor on it, put it back up. And it's just like, how many times is this going
2: to happen before they start waking up? Um, The way I see this conversation is that it's multiple there's definitely multiple topics here, and uh the one that I really want to talk about rather than strangers in a strange land content is uh, Valve. So okay. Valve aren't checking games as they go up, basically. Uh Greenlight was a way that games could be approved to go up, and then, you know, people voted them through, and then that was it. They've gone up, right? But... With the current system, people pay money, it goes up and nobody bought your game, gutted, you just lost out on 100 quid, you know, and that's that's the logic, yeah? And that's a brilliant system if people actually care about making money rather than making a game and possibly making money. And as well as that, if social norms on what's worth 100 quid is consistent across the board. And put simply, this world is a world of various different cultures, and there are groups of people out there who love stuff like this. And, yeah, I don't know. Really? (laughs) Valve Valve aren't aren't checking things, put simply. They haven't got a list of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And because anybody who bungs them that later refundable you know that that 100 that pounds that's put there once you've made a certain amount of sales you actually get that back so it didn't cost you anything so it's just kind of a almost a deposit like when you move into a a new house or something you know and and because Valve haven't got this kind of terms and conditions saying no you know what we we're not going to have any religious icons fighting each other yeah you're not going to be able to sleep with animals yeah you're not going to be able to do this and that because they don't have that there and because there's no check in process it's going to continue to lead to situations like this until something god awful happens
1: right and, but and the thing is, is that you know we <sighs> Steam has had this problem even before all this They've, they I mean if you look at the amount of visual novels and some of them are rather it's anime but some of them are rather what's the word risqué um and those have been around a long time on Steam as well and it's just you're right they they really haven't made it clear what the rules are all they've kind of seemed to do is slap this is an 18 plus game on the front of a, of a you know of the store and make you enter your age and then hit the continue button that's it that's all that you really need to do but it's, it's just it I think there definitely needs to be some sort of clarification like you said
2: there needs to be a line really or there needs to be a gateway or multiple marketplaces almost, multiple storefronts, you know, once you've actually verified that your account is 18 plus or 21 plus or whatever the various regions do it, then a second marketplace is opened up or a second storefront is opened up or then all of that stuff is added into the library. But at the minute, (sighs) Valve have also got this big... Age gate problem wherein if I want to look at something on on the steam storefront and it prompts me f- for my age, I just simply you know type in whatever I want a couple of times I've actually blocked myself out of about out of eighteen plus games because they don't check for anything below eighteen plus so games that are rated sixteen in stores and you have to provide i d to buy on the steam storefront you actually you don't get prompted last time I checked. But I've I've been locked out of the 18 plus stuff. Not that, you know, that's actually something that I consciously go like, oh, I'm going to look at some bloody games today because I've rapidly, you know, typed in the various numbers and I've not put the right year in. So I've put myself down as like one year old. Uh, <laughs> but there should be some kind of verified system there. I I, I don't know. Uh, well, we have to think-
1: determine if you're a robot, so you could be one years old
2: i'm i'm talking that's true i'm talking around a big issue here which i suppose is kind of cultural acceptability so those visual novels that you mentioned that are risque mm-hmm. in certain areas of the world they're not considered risque they're, just, true, part, very they're true. just they're just a part of the culture and so when they come over to other areas that they are risque it just seems odd and weird and we're like oh god another another visual novel. Some of those visual novels are good. Oh, yeah, but the rest of them are there, there, there you know, and it just sparks this conversation every time. And that's because the world is so kind of culturally diverse still. Uh, yeah. Um... And, and but but yeah, Valve don't don't have a line. They haven't they haven't drawn the line they haven't said we're an american company and we don't want you to make a game about sleeping with people dressed in school uniforms and um, we don't want you to make a game about foot fetishes and we don't want you to make a game about pigeons that ride on <laughs> the top of aircrafts dressed as cowboys and have sex with each other you know and what? because okay. there's because there's no line drawn everything just gets a bit Ugh. and then at uh, which uh, <sighs> And then where do you draw, draw that line anyway? Is that, to go back to an earlier discussion, is that a, a crimp on freedom of speech?
1: Dan, the things that come out of your mind, I just, I just want to crawl into your brain and just hang out in there for a while. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, digging back to my early YouTube years, there was a game I, I reviewed called Lauren the Amazon Princess. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that here. I've heard of that. Yeah, but Steam had an issue with that game, even though it was actually kind of a good game. It was it was a different type of visual novel. They had a problem with it because some of the clothes were rather revealing. So they actually had that game taken down, and they had to put a sensor, not because there was nudity, but just because the characters were so revealing, quote-unquote. I'm i not kidding. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's the, question, the question to me is, does Steam have a sexy problem? Um, I don't know.
2: They, they haven't defined where they stand. So that game literally had issues because that was years ago when Steam was a lot stricter about what they put up. Right. And it was revealing. Whereas now, literally, you can have a game where you have, like, Bob McCock and Tits McGee go on a <laughs> fun boat-riding adventure and, yeah, you know... and. And you can just have that game and that game can just exist now until enough people complain about it that it gets pulled down, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so my my stance is still that Valve need to draw some lines even if those lines are completely ridiculous and everybody then spends weeks complaining about where those lines are drawn. You know, there needs to at least be something other than, oh no, people have complained about this. We should react. Toby, thoughts?
0: The only thought I have is that Steam is i too steamy here. <laughs> uh, I think the core cool thing to remember is that, well, even porn sites you have, are you over eighteen or whatever the thing is? Yes, no. That legally there's no big requirement to prove age. I don't
2: know. There should be. There should be some degree of verification to gate this stuff off and gate off the stuff that a large group of people would call weird. Because if it is allowed, even if it's really weird, you know, and if Valve do say, yeah, you know what, you can have all of the the hardcore niche stuff on here if you like, then it should at least be behind a verification gate rather than just say, yep, I just scrolled down. Oh, whoops, I said I was born in 1923. Oh, well, I'm still through. You know, <laughs> it should be you know, something a bit more than that.
1: I just want to. What is this word Toby said? Porn. What is this
2: thing? I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, that's when you sell something to a person for a certain amount of money, and then they can hold on to it or sell it on to other people. There's big. Oh, okay.
1: yeah, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that.
2: Oh, it's the little guy as well, uh, in chess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <in chess. laughs> Oh, oh, okay. The the frontline troops that just well, get completely minced. Well, I'm a huge queen. fan of I mean, that guy. Is, I'm a huge fan of porn. They're very useful. <laughs> well, they're useful, but they get completely minced up and chewed up and gobbed out, and yeah. But if yeah. you can get them to the end, yeah. they become a queen, <laughs> just, <laughs> just like real life. <laughs> but yeah.
1: <laughs> well, anyways, I think that kind of sums up our our thoughts on that, maybe. <laughs> um, it, it's a free market. Um, there's really no way. I, I think the spirit of Terry kind of possibly nailed it best when, I mean, at the end of the day, Steam needs to stop getting involved. You know, if it wants to have a, if it wa- if it's putting up these games because it wants to have a market for adult games, and if it's going to, it needs to stop being. It needs to stop backpedaling. It needs to crap or get off the pot. I think, and um, it needs to just make up its mind finally and stop trying to play to both sides.
0: Mm. Big button, sexy games. Click it, you get all the sexy games. That's how they should do it.
2: Big sexy games button, and it should play. <laughs> it should play a, uh, a a little clip of. Somebody shouting out, sexy games, this person's going into sexy games when <laughs> through your speakers when you click it. And it should well like all your social media. media. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there should be proper verification of age gate. If they're not going to if they're not going to actually draw a line and say this is acceptable and this isn't acceptable, then they need to verify the age gate and possibly bring one in for the fifteen and sixteen and twelve uh age ratings as well i mean as it stands i can download a i can download a free-to-play game uh that's a 16 rating or sorry my son could create a steam account and download a 16 rated game and just start playing it you know and he is uh seven years old yeah
1: and it's, it's, it's funny because you don't hear about this problem with any other digital markets. Like you don't hear about this problem in the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store because they've made it pretty freaking clear. Those games are not welcome there. Period. End. We still have a rating system on PlayStation Store and on the Xbox Store, but those games are not welcome. Period. Whereas Steam seems to be like, well, we welcome them in, but we're kind of iffy about them. Uh, you know, just, uh, it's kind of annoying. But yeah, I think that kind of sums it up
0: right there <laughs> right so that was george talking about is steam two sixty, and finally today dabbing in kingdom battles dan <laughs> why do you hate everything
1: this is seriously a subject
2: <laughs> dabbing is stupid because it literally looks like someone is sneezing into their arm that bit on the other side of the elbow it looks like they're sneezing into that bit on the other side of their elbow it doesn't make any no sense hole. yes the elbow hole that's the okay. scientific term science man uh, but... <laughs> Dan, 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 accept that dabbing is cool. It's going dabbing... to be in
1: every game.
2: Dabbing ooh, isn't cool. It. it literally looks like you're sneezing.
1: I mean, it, It's going to be in PUBG soon. There's going to be an emote for it. You can dab.
2: It
0: already,
2: it. it already oh is. is. Oh my god,
1: is it really? It's I made that agent. Up.
2: I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> oh my I, god. Mean, I mean, I was using all sorts of the stupid emojis and the stupid uh, references and the stupid... Uh, celebration movements in games you know i i i always you know randomly cycle through them so i don't really care about dabbing being in a in a game it just seems a bit odd that nintendo have so actively embraced that after the luigi death stare uh that they're trying to make luigi into this kind of crazy mega hip and you know captain meme
1: okay i have a question Toby, Dan, are either... Is anybody here cooler than Nathan Drake? Just answer that question.
2: That guy doesn't even know how to tuck his shirt in. So you're saying you're cooler than Nathan Drake? Guy doesn't even know how to tuck his shirt in. Nathan
1: Drake dabs, that's all I'm saying. Nathan Drake has dabbed.
0: Nintendo's youth. This is the youth, Dan. Why are you against the youth?
2: Nintendo aren't the youth. Nintendo are a little bit of everything. It's just Nintendo. Youth, Dan. It's just Nintendo have that still they still maintain that super cool kind of sterile and sterile console and UI appearance while having bright and colourful mascot characters and so they do naturally attract the youth. But then there's very much a massive bunch of seven or eight year olds and older that go, Oh, I just wanna play Call of Duty, you know? <laughs> my my kid my eldest my uh, mates at school play Call of Duty and one of them was was going on about Left 4 Dead the other day and it's like what you're not going to do that for another oh, 11 years I mean obviously, know, I was playing 18 rated games when I was whatever but yeah they're not you know allowed what, to
1: you know what I love about you Dan is that you're actually seriously trying to debate dabbing <laughs> you're like trying to debate against it I mean. That's so funny.
2: <laughs> it's ridiculous because dabbing was... <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, no, because dabbing was different. Uh Because dabbing was a meme Uh rather than actually generally being a gesture of success. It wasn't like the kind of like, you know, black power or equality or other gestures. Dabbing was literally a meme that happened to be a physical meme. Like... Paul ryan was dabbing you know and members of the senate in america were dabbing and british pol- <laughs> politicians british politicians were dabbing this was a thing that very very rapidly and strangely transcended uh the weird bubble that it existed in and went into you know olympic sports and politics after escaping from from the dangerous black hole like wretches of of common common sports, I suppose you know it was no longer footballers celebrating after scoring a goal unit. It was it was the politicians doing it to be the super hips.
1: Does anybody remember planking? I, I miss planking.
2: I, yes, I I missed planking. Missed. With a D at the end, I, it was it was too late before I realised what planking was, which was literally laying down on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it was all the rage when I was in middle school. All the rage, oh,
2: yeah. it was awesome.
1: But there weren't politicians planking, were oh, cool. there? I, but it might have been. I think <laughs> I saw Gore plank once.
2: Yeah, you no, you didn't get. You know, <laughs> Gore wasn't planking on the top of the bloody Empire State Building, wasn't he? And <laughs> you know, and, and you didn't have Tony Blair. Planking on the bloody! Oh, well, this just proves that large hadron collider was he? He wasn't like, oh look, the large hi- hadron Collider's spinning around, and I'm planking on it. You know, hadron. <laughs> What's a hadron? It's one of them.
0: Do you mean a hadron?
2: No, I'm from Essex. <laughs> it's a hadron. Planking is cool.
1: It's so cool. I mean, dabbing. That's what I'm to say. Dabbing is so cool.
2: Look, it's, you know, whatever. Why is this a topic? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me to side the list.
0: There's <laughs> many times. Time. What else for a bonus topic?
1: I love it. That's a <laughs> great now, way to end it.
0: Yeah. Let us dab our way out into silence.
1: <laughs> I think this
2: is the bit where we do the outro now. I agree.
0: Right, do I just say, and goodbye from? I don't
2: know. You say, remember. you say something like, thank you for listening to the Big Boss Battle, Big Boss Babble. And then right, goodbye. well, thank you for listening. But you do it when I'm not talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, can just, I think I can hear Terry just shaking his head right
2: now, just <laughs> palming. I bet Terry says Hadron, because he's from Essex. Ugh. <laughs> it's a large Hadron collider. Everyone knows that. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah it is. it's that. It's that. It is. That's that. <laughs> so, what do you call it?
0: Hadron. Large hadron. That's our Large Hadron Collider. So, what that do you? Was, that
1: was Hedron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's our Steam game, the Large Hate Hadron Collider. No, I think that's so. on
2: Steam. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, that sounds familiar. Oh my god, that's the topic <laughs> for next week. Can we... All right, yeah, so let's do the wrap-up, come on.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to this week's Big Boss Battle.
2: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah.
0: <laughs> don't miss
2: <something> <laughs>
0: What did I do wrong?
2: I don't know. You, <laughs> you didn't outro anyone.
1: Oh, yeah, you gotta say Uh-oh. joining us today was blah, blah, blah. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Big Boss Battles, Big Boss Babble. We had, joining us, we had George. Bye-bye. We had Dan. Bye. And we had me, Toby. Farewell.